Welcome to Leather Bread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Dirty Nasty Brainiacs, and welcome to another episode of Leather Brains. It's episode 61. As always, I'm your hostess with too much of the mostess. I need to cut a couple pounds off. It's your boy Slapdog here, and I am with... We got a full crew today. We've got Scotty Del Rizzi and Yeti. We got a lot to talk about today. Gentlemen, Yeti, how are you? I guess I, I talked to Scotty recently. You said you're having... You're having a time. Are you doing okay? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, life happens, but uh, we get through it, and we got football to look forward to uh, later on today. Uh, Shitty game with the Steelers and the Browns, but uh, hey, it'll take (laughs) our attention away from things for a little bit. (laughs) That's true. That's true. We we do have football. on a positive note, we're one step closer to episode 69. Ooh. Dude, that's a big... That's a big... That's a huge milestone, honestly. I have never considered this till right now, but... Wow, am I excited. I might t- I might do the episode naked. We should all do it naked. That'd be hilarious. I think so. I mean, the only time anybody ever sees us is when we cut clips. So I think we just need to get naked for 69. Let the people really just kind of imagine, you know? I think that's that's a good idea. I, I hadn't even thought about that. At any rate. We can describe each other for all the Spotify <laughs> listeners or people on uh, Apple Podcasts. I can be descriptive like with language, as you know. <laughs> Like Slapdog, he is missing a nipple, but... That's true. That's a story for another time. That is true. All right. We're we're start describing some fantasy players. Yeah, let's let's do that instead. (laughs) Um, Today, we're going to be going over the news, kind of talk about uh, some of the players who are facing pending injuries and, and current ailments and potentially starts for them and or sits. So something to be cognizant of as we move through the week, because that will affect your fantasy football lineups after that we're going to do starts and sits of the week so yeti and i have prepared our starts and sits for this week and then we're going to briefly touch over our dgen plays this week and then at the end of this we're going to go over brainiac questions as always so let's get down to business let's get down let's get down to business yeah starting things off here with michael Pittman, who is still technically listed as questionable with his quad injury but has quote made good progress and could play in week three. But it looks like he did log a limited practice here, uh, or I guess yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, But we'll have to see if that turns into some uh, on-the-field action for Mr. Pittman. You guys just want me to keep rattling through, or you want to talk about it? Scotty, you just keep rolling. We'll stop you if there's anything pertinent. perfect. Uh, In more Michael news, Michael Gallup is reportedly slated to take a full slate of reps this week per Mike McCarthy. Is he back? Who cares? Because Dak's gone. <laughs> well, yeah, it, but I do want to say this because there was there was a, a rookie wide or not a rookie wide receiver, but who's the, the wide receiver that was getting picked up a lot? Yeah, did you know Brown? That? Noah Brown. I think he sees a huge regression when Gallup comes back because Michael Gallup, he, he's probably going to be Brown is going to be operating in that wide receiver three esque role. And I think Gallup sees uh, a large portion of what Brown is currently doing, but I'm still not starting him. If you own him in a roster this week, leave him on your bench. We don't even know if he's going to play this week. But if he does play this week, I'm still not starting him. I just want to state that 
we need to see what this offense is going to look like with Michael Gallup involved as well as CeeDee Lamb. So I, he, I wouldn't start him even if I owned him, and he was playing. All right, moving on. That's it. Jerry Judy was absent from practice today. He is just dead set on making Cortland Sutton really, really kick ass. Uh, Zach Wilson is in position to start week four. What do you guys think this has uh, or this does to this uh, explosive passing offense that we've seen so far? Yeah, I think with Zach Wilson potentially coming back next week, it's going to decrease the value of guys that are very sought after right now, like Garrett Wilson. Um, Elijah Moore's fantasy value is obviously taking a hit with Garrett Wilson coming to town, but I think um, Zach Wilson is just a complete downgrade from Joe Flacco at this point with Joe Flacco putting over putting up over 300 passing yards in back-to-back weeks, uh, which is fucking crazy to say in 2022. Joe Flacco, is <laughs> he's relevant, right? But um, Zach Wilson coming back hurts that whole team, in my opinion. No, I, I agree with that. And I, I, I think, like you, you mentioned, I think that really downgrades that entire offense because not that Joe Flacco is great because he's not, but what is gaining and garnering relevance for these wide receivers is the fact that Joe Flacco was just airing the shit out of the ball. He's like we talked about last episode. Currently, he is the the leading the quarterback conversations for most pass attempts. He's at 99 right now. So he's throwing the ball a shit ton. I think with Wilson coming back in here, that's we're going to see that decrease. And for that reason, we're going to see these wide receivers have less relevance in fantasy football. Yeah, that is sad news and more sad news to follow. Hunter Renfro was not seen at practice on Wednesday. Uh, I know we had discussed during the last episode that uh, it's possible he could play this week, but looking less and less likely, uh, still in concussion protocol. Uh, Gabe Davis, however, did see limited work on Wednesday. Is there a possibility you guys think that he is uh, playing this weekend? I think so. I think that, you know, if he's seen limited work, he was out. He was a game time decision last week. So I think those things are kind of pointing the arrow in the in the right direction for him as far as being able to to start this weekend because he was a game time decision and they ended up not starting him. And I mean, they didn't need him. It was that game was insane. But um, yeah, I, I think that that Gabe Davis is making a case for himself to to get in in your lineups this week. But monitor it. I mean, I, I don't just drop them in there and forget about it and then halfway through Sunday check your lineups. For sure, keep keep an eye on it. But I think he's trending in the right direction. Yeah. Another one to monitor is Mr. James Conner, who is back at practice, but he is considered day-to-day. You guys uh, have any have the over-under on whether or not he's going to play, or is he sitting out this week? I would kind of lean towards him not playing, but even if he does play, I think that matchup versus the Rams is very tough for him. Uh, If he's out, I would avoid that backfield. I know in a couple of my leagues, I picked up Daryl Williams, but that's more of a, you know, just an encaser of James Conner being out for a while. But it's a true split in the backfield between Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin. So this week I would bench that whole backfield regardless of Connors in or not. Yeah. Another uh, interesting one here is Alvin Kamara was seen at practice today, likely logging a limited practice. Um, So keep an eye on that. If he comes back, obviously someone you can drop into your starting roster. Um, Herbert is still day to day technically with that rib injury, but we did see him finish out the game on Thursday. So I think the likelihood that he does play this upcoming week is going to be high. Um, but I think you might see Austin Eckler doing a little bit more of the work in that game. Uh, 
Yeah, and I, I do just want to touch on this because that injury is not going to go away. It's not like, you know, magically by next week, he's just 100%. Like this, I it, I think this is going to continue to, to linger for quite a while. It's going to be something that I think that it's just going to have to be dealt with. And that's something that, that unfortunately Herbert is going to go through. And, you know, hopefully it's nothing too serious, but it, it certainly did not look like that in the game last week. It looked like very painful for him. And I think that it's going to continue to aggravate him throughout the season. So just be cognizant of that moving forward, Herbert owners, because I, it's not something that is just magically going to disappear in a week and a half. Yeah, I asked this question last episode, but uh, now that you're here, Yeti, are you fading Herbert uh, in wake of this injury? Do you? Th- it, it seems to me, you know, if you like Hunter said last last episode, if you drafted Herbert, you're going to play Herbert. But you know, you're putting yourself in a position where he takes one wrong hit and he's taken out of the game. So, are you more comfortable relying on a healthy lower end quarterback or throwing Herbert in the mix this week? Man, scared money don't make money. That's a motto. Hell yeah, and that's right. I think baby. if you if you drafted Herbert or you drafted him, you got to play him. Like unless you have a guy like God, I don't know. Like if Tom Brady has a great matchup that week, then you probably play Tom Brady over Herbert. But like, in what scenario do you bench Herbert? Unless he's visibly like bothered and he's not throwing the ball thirty times a game or thirty five times a game. I don't know. He would have to be seriously hurt for me to bench him, but I'm playing my studs no matter what. Um, looking at his schedule, he has a pretty quarterback-friendly schedule, so I would be comfortable playing him up until that week eight bye, which is going to benefit him a lot with that rib injury too. All right. It's definitive then. Uh, play Justin Herbert, although it might behoove you to bust out your rain stick and do a little dance in the living room to make sure he stays healthy. Um <laughs> All right, some great news from Green Bay, getting what they deserve because they're the Packers and I hate them. Uh, Watkins, Watson, Lazard, and Cobb were all limited on practice Wednesday for either injuries or illnesses. What the hell is happening in Green Bay? I can tell you what's happening. Um, They all did the ayahuasca thing with Aaron Rodgers and they were feeling side effects from it. So I think Rodgers did this as a way for them to – to kind of come together as a team. I know they've kind of struggled. So Rodgers took him out into the desert and they all did ayahuasca and now they're feeling like shit. So that's probably what is happening. Did you guys see the, so when they all did that ayahuasca celebration, Aaron Rodgers did like a, he did like a seize, like he was shaking his body like vigorously. (laughs) And uh, he went on the Pat McAfee uh, podcast yesterday and he, he, he was like, I just want to emphasize that ayahuasca does not make you seize or shake like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust uh, anything that Goober that. says anyway, but that is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and it seems like the injury bug is not just limited to Green Bay. We are seeing some injuries down in Tampa Bay as well. Uh, Julio and Chris Godden were both absent for practice on Wednesday. So the question is, will Russell Gage be the man but... Uh, guess what? He's also limited on practice Wednesday, as is playoff Lenny, or as was playoff Lenny. Um, what's going on here? A lot. <laughs> they, the the Buccaneers, It's it, we're going into week three, and this team is already offensively in shambles. And it's, <laughs> it is a rough go of it. Mike Evans got himself suspended for punching Marshawn Lattimore. He tried to appeal it. In what world he thought the appeal would go through, I don't know. But hey, he was Chris defending Godwin, his quarterback, man. I respect it. 
I respect no. it. Tom Brady was getting in a little altercation, and Mike Evans said, fuck no, not on my watch. You are not touching yeah. my quarterback, and I love it. I think he but should get a raise. He's done this before with Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. I think he just has a, a vendetta against him. It was just dumb. I do like it. It's kind of cool because he's like, that's my man. But really, your team needs you. He's suspended for this game. I don't know if Chris Godwin plays. Chris Godwin, he's been dealing with lingering issues since before the season. I don't know if he plays. The one that I'm really interested in is Julio Jones because if Julio Jones is playing, he is a must-start for you. Keep your eyes on him because the, that team needs him. They need they need receivers. They they just went and uh, signed, what, Gabriel Davis yet? Is that right? Um, or not Gabriel Davis, Who? excuse me. Uh, the old-ass wide uh, receiver. Fuck. Uh, Cole, Cole Beasley. Beasley. Jeez. Um, they went and signed Cole Beasley to the team because they're hurting so bad at, at wide receiver. Regardless, if Russell Gage is going to is active this week, I would start him or Julio. One of these guys needs to catch the ball for Tom Brady, and we know that Tom Brady slings the ball a lot, so I would feel comfortable starting either of them. It's just a question of if they're going to play. So, And I, I toyed with the idea of putting this guy in my sit list, but Tom Brady, um, I'm sitting him this week against Green Bay. Um, I didn't list them officially, but through two weeks, he has a total of 19 fantasy points. And I, I think there's a lot of question marks on that Tampa Bay offense. Um, he's going to be without Mike Evans, obviously. But Chris Godwin, I doubt he plays with that hamstring injury. So you're de- you're looking at Julio and Russell Gage as his top two options. And then you have playoff Lenny, who's going to be running the ball. But I, I think their issues go further than their playmakers. I, I think that offensive line is terrible um they they had a couple injuries in the offseason and they lost a couple guys due to retirement and free agency um and they just didn't retool it uh tom doesn't have time to throw and his like like i said his weapons are out and so i think there's that offense is just kind of a fade for me at this point except for playoff lenny All right, we'll move on here to news that J.K. Dobbins officially logged a full practice on Wednesday. Is this backfield still disgusting? Yes. Steaming hot shit. That's how I describe it. Perfect. Okay. George Kittle was limited at practice on Wednesday, which is progress. There is optimism about a week three return, so something to look at there if you've been waiting for him to come back. Traylon Burks was limited on practice on Wednesday, which is worth monitoring. Everything I've read says nothing serious at this point in time, but something to keep an eye on. And Keenan Allen appears to be on track to return this week, but is still technically considered day-to-day, so something else to watch there. And final note is that Dawson Knox did miss practice on Wednesday with this foot injury. Uh, Keep in mind he was examined in the middle of the game last week, but he continued to play, so he may or may not experience missed time with this injury, but it is something to watch and that rounds it off well done scotty golf claps for you well done um all right we're gonna go ahead and move on to our uh our starts and sits of the week hey, yo boss what's going on sit down and shut up uh shut up and sit down oh shut up and sit down are you gonna shut up and sit down shut up and sit down. sit down shut the fuck up sit down and shut up sit down and shut up sit down and shut up yeah, I still need to cut that clip down just a little bit. It's kind of long, but it's effective. 
I said it last week, but just make it like a full two minutes. I think that's. You just sit here, get a nice little drink break, and catch our breaths, mentally prepare for the the starts and sits. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Yeti, I went first last week, so why don't you lead us lead us off with your first start of the week, my friend? All right, my first start of the week is Miles Sanders versus Washington. Um, Who would have thought that through two games, Miles Sanders is outperforming Austin Eckler, playoff Lenny. And Delvin Cooks in fucking PPR formats. That's crazy. Uh, Miles Sanders is currently the RB12 in all PPR formats. And I think he can be comfortably plugged into your RB2 or flex spots this week versus Washington. Uh, Sanders has garnered a 53% snap count the, the past two weeks and is by far the RB1 in this offense. Um, last week he had 17 carries versus Kenneth Gainwell's two and Boston Scott's four carries. Uh, Washington has given up 113 rushing yards to Jacksonville in week one, and then 125 rushing yards last week to Detroit. I expect Sanders to continue the success versus Washington. So, uh, go ahead and plug Miles Sanders into your lineups comfortably this week. I actually like that one because it, we, I think we we collectively as a podcast in the offseason, we're kind of fading Miles Sanders a little bit. And I think we it was fair to do, right? Because Jalen Hurts is there. And Jalen Hurts still runs the ball a shit ton, and he does it really, really well. But it's worth noting that Miles Sanders, he's 12th overall in PPR formats. He's only scored one touchdown this entire year. So he's getting, I mean, when he's getting these touches, he's he's looking pretty effective. He's... He's almost hitting, on average, I think five yards a carry last week and seven and a half last week. So I mean, he's he's doing, and he, Miles Sanders is a good running back. He looks like a good running back when he has the ball in his hands. And the Eagles is they're making a case to be a damn good team. So I like that pick a lot. That is, I, I think we can comfortably start Miles Sanders. Um, first one on my list. I, I think at this point in the game, if you own Curtis Samuel, I think he's earned himself a role in your flex position. I, he's he's somebody who. He's wide receiver nine on the year in PPR formats, and and I don't believe that he will finish anywhere close to that. He's kicking ass right now. He's garnering a 23% target share on the season, and that's somebody who is seeing good numbers and, and is, is worth putting in a flex position. He's playing the Eagles this week, and they gave up 34, 35 points to the Lions. They did shut down the Vikings, and I understand that. Um but Curtis is, I mean, he's doing better than Scary Terry, who's the wide receiver one in that offense. He's garnering a, a lot of work. And if you own Curtis Samuel and you need somebody in a flex position, I would feel pretty comfortable putting him in there. Would you rather play Brandon Cooks or Curtis Samuel? Oh, uh, Texans are playing the Browns. The Bears. Or the Bears, rather. Sorry. It's got to be Brandon Cooks, I think. Uh, but it... I don't know, because I could see the Texans. I have the Texans win in that game. Um, and I have the, the the Eagles very clearly winning against the Commanders. And so for that reason, I think they're going to be passing the ball. I might lean Curtis Samuel solely because of what I believe to be game script. But I, yeah, I think it's going to be Curtis Samuel for me over Brandon Cooks this week. Okay. And the only reason I ask is because the sleepers projections, they have cooks just right above Curtis Samuel for the week. So uh, two guys that you could definitely have on your team, I think, because if you picked up Curtis Samuel and you drafted cooks, I could very well you see 
or God, I can't talk. I can see you having both of these guys, but um, I tend, uh, I think Cooks is always your safety net, but Samuel's going to be your upside guy, right? Is yeah. that kind of yeah. what you yeah, think? Yeah, no, too? I, that's how I think, 100%. I, I agree with that. And I, like I said, I think that they're going to be, I, the Eagles are, they're playing some really good football right now. And, and I think that they're going to be very head of, very far ahead of the commanders. And I think the commanders are going to be playing catch up. So I think that that is a good case for Curtis Samuel. I think the Texans are, are going to beat the Bears this week. And for that reason, I, I think matchup wise, Curtis Samuel, and you're absolutely right. You, there are probably a lot of people who own both and are probably struggling with that. And I think Curtis Samuel for me would be what I would do. Yep. So my second start of the week is I'm going back to this well um, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, <laughs> going into the season, we expected the Raiders to have a committee approach at running back. But so far, Jacobs has dominated the backfield. This is another guy that I think, as a group, we all kind of swung and missed on, right? Because we we did think it was going to be a three three running back approach. But so far, um, Jacobs has he's been on the field sixty percent of the snaps in week one, seventy two percent of the snaps last week, and he's out touching all the other running backs. 29 Hold to on. four I, through I want to correct weeks. the record here because we did talk several times on this podcast about the possibility that they view Josh Jacobs as this is our last year with this guy. We need to use the shit out of him. And it seems like that's becoming the approach. I mean, they're not using him in an irresponsible way. Yep. He's not playoff Lenny where they're giving him the ball literally every second of every game, but they're using him a lot. And I think it goes to show that that line of thinking may have been more in line with what the reality is. Yep. And I, I agree with you. Um, like I said, he he has 29 carries versus the four carries that other running backs have seen in that backfield. Uh, I don't think it's a matter or it's a lack of touches for Jacobs. Um, it's just he needs a break one at, at some point, right? Because uh, he looks great when he's given the ball. And I expect the Raiders to keep the ball on the ground this week after Carr is he's looked shaky through the first two games. Um, Tennessee's run defense is very suspect and I think Jacobs is due. Um, I truly think he's going to finish in that RB two, uh, low end RB one range this week versus Tennessee. Okay. Let's play game. If you had to choose between starting Josh Jacobs or let's do AJ Dillon, who would you start? Josh Jacobs. Okay. AJ Dillon might be on my list later on. Okay. Uh, Josh Jacobs or James Robinson. Um, I probably lean Josh Jacobs. I think the game script is going to be in favor of Travis Etienne and and the game with Jacksonville. Okay, um, Josh Jacobs or Cordero Patterson? Mm, Josh Jacobs. Cordero. He's splitting his carries with uh, Tyler Igel year, their rookie running back, and that kind of scares me a little bit for his productivity. So, I go Jacobs. Okay, last one. This one's kind of crazy. Josh Jacobs or Najee Harris? You got to start Najee. Um, I was actually toying with the idea of betting on Najee because in in the past two games that he's played Cleveland, um, he's put up 91 rushing yards and 188 rushing yards. Um, and there's projected to be wind in that game, so I could see Pittsburgh just running the shit out of the ball, which is obviously good for Najee. Um, but I was so lean. Najee, yeah. he'll, he'll only have to get scenario. 98 carries to put up a hundred yards. So I'll look for, I'll <laughs> which look is very it. likely. 
Okay, my second start of the week. We briefly touched on this group earlier. My 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 start of the week, Garrett Wilson. I think uh, this is the week for me. This is if he was sitting on waiver wires, a lot of people grabbed him. I feel comfortable starting Garrett Wilson this week. Now, obviously, that that could change very very quickly when Zach Wilson comes in, but um, the Jets are playing the Bengals this week, and and I I feel comfortable playing Wilson in a flex. Like I mentioned earlier, Flacco is leading the league in throwing right now. He's got 99 attempts. He's the leading quarterback for throwing the ball. The Jets are airing it out a shit ton. And with them playing the, the Bengals, I, I do believe that they're going to be down. It's going to be a negative game script for them. Uh, this is even better for passing opportunities, which the Jets have shown they are very comfortable in doing. I do want to point out Elijah Moore is on the field more than Wilson. However, when Wilson is on the field, he is getting more opportunities. Just this last week, he saw a 32% target share. And he looks incredible. I would feel very comfortable starting him this week as a flex. Obviously, that could change very quickly moving forward. But given this week, I, Wilson, is a, I would feel comfortable starting him. Would you plug in Wilson over a guy like Bateman? That's a good one. I, mm, I would probably play... I think I'm going to play Wilson over Bateman this week because Bateman is playing the Patriots. I do see the Ravens being up in that game and uh, they'll have a, a pretty forward game script. And I, I, I don't know why it might just be a, a feeling the little tingly inside of me, but I think Mark Andrews is going to be heavily involved in this more so than Bateman. This well, week. especially if uh, JK ends up playing, I think they're going to rely heavily on the run, especially with their, if they get their RB one back, I think they're going to be running the ball a lot. That's that is their identity. They just haven't really had the opportunity to embody that just yet. And I think when they get JK back and healthy and they have that solid committee, they're going to be running the ball a lot. I think my hot take is that I think Bateman is going to see a downward trajectory trajectory for the rest of the year because of that reason. Once they have their backfield healthy. I just I, I I still like Bateman. I'm not going to write Bateman off, but I I think this week I would I would start Wilson over Bateman. And for a flex question, would you play Travis Etienne or Garrett Wilson? <laughs> You're a bastard, Yeti. You know that. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's still going to be Garrett the Wilson. Hard questions here. I think yeah. it, it, if it's a PP, well, I say a PPR format. I the Chargers defense they. I like the Chargers defense. I, I really do. And I I think it's going to be Garrett Wilson for me because the the Bengals, I don't know what the hell's going on with the Bengals. We've severely miscalculated the offensive lineman additions to that team. Joe Burrow, if, if there is a line out there, and I didn't look too deeply, but if there is a line for Joe Burrow getting sacked more than three times, you bet that because it happens every game. So... I, I well, I don't think the Jets are great. I think the Bengals, they're they've been playing like shit recently, and I think this is a get right game for them where they come in and they're like proving like, yeah, we're back, we got it figured out, we're good to go. This is a good opportunity for them to do that, and uh, and so I see them being kind of whooping on the Jets a little bit, and I think the Jets are going to be throwing the ball for that reason. The Chargers have had a difficult go of it. I mean, the first game that they played was against the Raiders, second one against the Chiefs. I think this is in and Jacksonville looks kind of spicy, but I think they're going to I think the Chargers are going to pull through defensively and um and I don't want to start ETN over over Wilson. All right. Well, my last start for the week is 
Mr. Tyler Higby versus Arizona. Ooh. It's it's time for me to recognize a true second option for the Rams, and that is Tyler Higby. Um, and I would personally like to thank Higby for rescuing rescuing me from Cole <laughs> Komet. Um, Higby currently leads all tight ends with 20 targets, and he's only behind Mark Andrews with a 26.3 target share as a tight end. Uh, he had five catches and 39 yards week one versus Buffalo. And then last week versus Atlanta, he had seven catches and 71 yards. Now he gets a matchup versus a Cardinals defense that gave up 10 catches, 132 yards to tight ends in week one, and then nine catches for 80 yards last week uh, versus the Raiders. I think Higby will continue to succeed, and he should be played over guys like Dawson Knox, uh, Hawkinson, and potentially even Ertz. Got her? Uh, So... No, I play Goddard over Higby. Um, you drafted Goddard probably in the seventh or eighth round. Uh, you got to play Goddard, I think. You probably picked up Higby in the waiver wire like me, so um, you're probably streaming, guys. I would stream Higby in Harpy. So let me ask you. Dallas Goddard kind of looks goofy. I just want to throw that out there. I didn't realize how goofy he looked until I pulled him up and looked at his player profile. Looks like a kind of a little goofy. His name dude. is Dallas Goddard. What do you expect? Like we <laughs> we just kind of overlook how stupid that name is. But uh, rest of season, given how poorly Mr. Kyle Pitts has performed in weeks one and two, um, you know, draft aside, all that in a vacuum, which one are you more comfortable with having for the rest of season? That's tough. Um, I think Tyler Higby's numbers are kind of inflated right now because Van Jefferson is also out for the Rams. And I think when Van Jefferson comes back, I think he's going to take a lot of those targets away from Higby. Um, I, I tend to lean Kyle Pitts because it can only go up from here, right? Like he's at his bottom. And I, I know you own Kyle Pitts, but in some leagues, but. Um, if I didn't, he would be a buy low candidate for me because I, his talent is on a whole nother level. And I think it's only a matter of time before the Falcons truly fucking use him. Now, I might be saying that every week for the rest of the season, <laughs> but um, it's the truth. Like he's one of their best playmakers and they need to get the ball in his hands. Guys are going to or defenses are going to key in on Drake London. Uh, I think that opens up Kyle Pitts, obviously, over the middle. He's He's got to eat for that team to win. Yeah, I, I just, I well, just wanted you to affirm my situation, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Made me feel a little better. That's almost exactly what I said before we started recording, because it was before you joined the studio, and and Scotty and I were talking about Kyle Pitts, and I said, "What's what is the alternative for Kyle Pitts right now?" And I'm kind of glad we're talking about Kyle Pitts because I feel like there is a lot of brainiacs out there listening that are in this dilemma where they're like, "Man, I, I drafted Kyle Pitts, you know, mid to late." third round second area and not second but you know what i mean and he is not paying the dividends that he his draft capital was worth and and you're you're kind of pissed off if you own him right now what is the situation that happens here you know i I, unfortunately we cannot sit here and and definitively say oh yeah things are going to get better but can they get worse? And that's really where we're at because yes, week one, he saw seven targets. You were somewhat optimistic. So last week he saw three freaking targets, but they, he, they've played some pretty tough defenses this week. I mean, or it, so far they played 
the Saints, and then they played the Rams. Now they're playing the Seahawks, and this is probably the easiest defense that they have seen. I think this is a get-right week for for Arthur Smith, and I think that they're going to have to get the game or get him more involved, make gadget plays for him, get Kyle Pitts involved because he, like you mentioned, Yeti, he is somebody who is he's gonna he's gonna be leaned on heavily for this team, and right now it is Drake London, but they need to get Kyle Pitts more involved. That's why they drafted this guy. He's huge. He's athletic. He's a freak at tight end. Like that that is what he is. He's 66250. Like get, he needs to get involved. So yeah, I think this is a good buy low for him. But we could sit here and say that every single week and it might not pay because the Falcons are shit <laughs> and Arthur Smith may not do what we say he's going to do. But it can't get any worse. So if I, I wouldn't hate a buy low on him, but you know, and there've been a lot of people should I bench Kyle Pitts for this? I've gotten questions every day about Kyle Pitts. What are you going to do with Kyle Pitts? You're going to drop him. You're going to trade him away. You can't drop the guy because he's still worth a lot. He's just not getting targets, and it's only week two. But yeah, you can maybe trade him away, but you're not going to get the true value where you drafted him out for. So let's let's ride this out just a little bit longer and see truly what Kyle Pitts is on this team. I think, and that's it. and it's only a matter of time before he explodes too, and he's going to explode the one time that you bench him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that's usually what happens with fantasy football. Uh, my last start of the week. So when I go into the starts and sits of the week, I try and find guys that are like kind of those fringe guys that are are sitting on people's, you know, would I have this person sitting on my bench and do I need to start them? And so that's kind of what I my mentality this week going in with the starts and sits. And, and that person for me is Jacoby Myers. Um, I think he makes the cut. Devontae Parker's listed as the wide receivers one on this Patriots depth chart, but Jacoby Myers is the wide receiver to own in this offense very, very clearly. He's garnering almost a 30% target share between the first two games. He's gone 13 for 150 yards and zero touchdowns in two games. Playing the Ravens this week. As I mentioned just a minute ago, I think that the Ravens are going to beat the Patriots. And for that reason, the Patriots are probably going to be playing down. I Lock him up. Lock Jacoby Myers up. I like Jacoby Myers as a flex start this week if you're looking for somebody and he is sitting on your bench. Uh, keep in mind that Jacoby Myers uh, is undergoing tests on his knee. Um, he did not participate oh. in practice on Wednesday. Uh, the results as of now show nothing significant, but it is something to keep in mind. Wait, I did not know that. When I had wrote all my show notes, this just showed up an hour ago from Roto Baller. So my bad. But if he's playing, start him. You know what's crazy is he's 13th amongst uh, wide receivers for target share right now. <laughs> yeah, like like That's I said, crazy. he's he's very clearly the go-to receiver in that offense, and everybody thought it was going to be Devontae Parker, and Jacoby Myers just kind of showed up, and he's doing good. He's he's producing for fantasy. Is it outrageous numbers? No, but I think it's usable if you need a wide receiver. Like if you know, for instance, last week Gabriel Davis was a last minute out. Like that would be somebody Jacoby Myers would be like, okay, he's sitting on my bench. I feel comfortable playing him. It's kind of like that Christian Kirk situation where it's a shitty offense, but you know there's got to be that wide receiver one that stands out and gets all the targets, and that is Jacoby Myers. Like you have Nelson Aguilar and Devontae Parker, who are they're your deep threat guys or your your play making guys, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Jacoby Myers, he's probably going to get the ball, you know, underneath. He's going to get the slant routes. He's going to do everything um, that he can to get the ball. Um, and so I, I I like that play quite a bit especially in that game script. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's move on to our sits, Yeti. Would you like me to start on this one, or would you like to take the reins? You can start with the sits. Okay. 
So my sits this week are fringe. Some of these people are fringe, not real drop candidates, but like we're going to start having some hard conversations in the next couple of weeks. And this and the first it, this one isn't a person per se. It's a group of people. Um, it's no, it's not indigenous people. It's it's the Chiefs wide receivers. Uh, the Chiefs wide receivers are, I think, are sits for me really for the foreseeable future, to be completely honest. And until we can get more of a sample size. And even if we do have a sample size, I think I think it's already kind of written in stone. These waters are very murky. In the Chiefs' offense, you see Kelsey, Mahomes, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire is actually doing really well, which is it. I think I almost gagged when I said yeah, that. Trade him. But, trade him now. <laughs> it's crazy. MVS led the targets last week for the wide receivers. The week before it was Miko Hardman. Does this mean it's Juju's turn this week? I, I don't know. Obviously, Mahomes, his favorite target is Kelsey. But beyond that, he's Mahomes is going to get the ball to the open guy, which I, I think really caps all of these wide receivers due to the fact that any of them could go off any given week. And I'm not really interested in starting any of them because you can't trust them on a consistent basis. And in fantasy football, you have to, you have to be able to count on them to some degree. And, you know, if you're looking for you're running out of options. Yeah. Throw one in and you hope they get a touchdown from Mahomes. But Mahomes even came out in the, uh, before the season started and said, this offense is going to look different. This offense is going to be more spread out. He said that himself. And so far it's been pretty damn true to that. Like all of these people are really feasting in different times and you can't count on them for fantasy. So any chiefs wide receiver, I I'm sitting this week and, and really in, in, until further notice. Sorry, I was about to say something, but I lost my train of thought. Um, would you play Juju over Allen Robinson? No. Maybe? I'd play Allen Robinson. Um, I'm just trying to think. There's would no you, way. I, there's really, I'm not interested. You so, okay. I'm not interested okay. because, I mean, yeah, there's probably like a couple people that you could you might be able to dig out of the well that would be like, okay, yeah, I'd start Juju or, or MVS over them. But it's just... It's you, you're closing your eyes and you're throwing a dart at a wall and you're hoping it sticks. And and that's not a good approach when playing fantasy football because you don't know who it's going to be. All right. All right. And so you went with a group of people and I'm going to follow you up with uh, another group. Uh, the Rams backfield versus Arizona. Uh, I'm benching Henderson and Akers. Yo, let's um, go. <laughs> I, d- I just want to give a shout out to Scotty for calling out that McVay was going to use a committee approach last week with Akers and Henderson, and that sure was true. Yeah, it's only the complete opposite of what I was saying all offseason, so I am flip- I flip-flop like a champ. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, you've been you've been like right on the money. Do you have McVay's phone number? Because all offseason you said he's going to go – He's historically only used one running back first week he's one running back and it was henderson and then you're like i think he's gonna take a committee approach second week takes a committee <laughs> approach. scotty what's he doing this week yeah just i wish yeah, I, what's, I wish i could translate week? that sort of prediction ability into like actual fantasy football uh but uh i i can't i can't it's just well just give us a, you got a 50 50 shot what's he or i guess 33 percent. what is he gonna do this week who's gonna start who's gonna see the usage just tell us who are they playing this week they're playing the Cardinals. Uh, the cardinals um, I think it's going to be similar to last week. You're going to get you're going to get that committee approach. I think uh, you're going to see you're going to see Cam Akers with let's say 12 carries, uh, and you're going to see Henderson get the goal line work and probably end up with more points. 
Okay. Yeah, you're not you're not too far off because last week Henderson had 56% of the snaps and Akers had 44% of the snaps, but Akers did have 15 carries in total versus Henderson's 10, which were goal line carries. Um, I know they have a pretty a- attractive matchup this week versus Arizona's rush defense, but until they get that situation figured out, I want to stay far away from it. It's kind of like Baltimore's backfield too, where I just I'm not interested until somebody gets a clear snap count or there are injuries, which we don't root for, but they are bound to happen. So stay away. Um, no, I, I watch what happens. Yeah, no, I like that. I unfortunately in in our one of our dynasty leagues, I am um, I have to start makers as my RB two, but. Um, yeah, I, I think, and you know, we talked about it a little bit last episode. I think there are, if you own cam makers, you have to be breathing. You have to be a little happy, right? You have to be, you know, week one, everyone was in a coma. They were having seizures. They were freaking out because they drafted cam makers as early as they did. And he was a complete goose egg. And they're like, what the hell am I going to do with this guy? He's not going to produce. But then in week two, you do see him get involved. So I, I think that bar none, Let's just watch this develop a little bit more. I think we some people probably hit the panic button a little too quickly on Cam Akers. And while I'm not like I'm not all in on him by any stretch of the means, it is good to see that he was on the field and being utilized and and let's watch this this continue to develop. So I, I agree with you. I think unfortunately you kind of have to sit both of them right now. Yeah, I, I do hope that people were listening when we were discussing the the Rams after week one, where we uh, I don't remember uh, if you guys agreed with me or not, but I said uh, Henderson's a sell high. Uh, and if you got the opportunity to sell him high after week one, you gotta be feeling real good after seeing the usage that Cam Akers got in week two. Yeah. I mean, there was, it was funny because some of the brainiacs were on Twitter and they're like, I sold, uh, Daryl Henderson for Cam Akers trade across. And they did that. And I'm like, man, that is, that is high risk, high reward. Like, and who knows? I mean, we still don't know how that's going to play out, but I mean, if, if you could do that and you have, the people who drafted Darrell Henderson did not draft him as an RB2. They drafted him as a late round kind of like handcuff maybe type of play. So, yeah, I mean, why not give it a shot if, if you don't necessarily need him and you believe that Cam Akers will start, but that's just something that's going to have to TBD. So my second sit of the week here is Chase Edmonds. And and I don't know, maybe it was game script. I'm not sure. But I, I, I cannot safely start Edmonds at this moment. Raheem Moster outperformed Edmonds in the run game with 11 rushes versus Edmonds five. And they both saw three targets out of the backfield, which is literally the exact opposite of what happened the week before. It was Edmonds getting most of the touches. And then they both saw three targets out of the backfield. It's looking like a two headed dog of a backfield. And until Edmond gets the real head, nod as the RB one in this offense, I, I can't safely trust starting him. And, and I don't know if he's going to get that unless slash until Raheem Mostert gets injured because he does have injury history. But I think we're going to see both these guys be involved until one of them goes down. And you would think with the Dolphins playing from behind that the game script would be in favor of Edmonds because historically he is the pass catching back. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead you're seeing Edmonds in there a lot more, which uh, it blew my mind because I was like, where the fuck is Edmonds? Like, why isn't he getting any of these dump off passes? Um, and Tua threw the ball well, like what 45, 50 times or something like so that last nuts. week. So <laughs> you would expect Edmonds to you know dominate the targets out of the backfield, but instead Edmonds was or he was kind of hiding behind Mostert. So 
I I would still I agree with you. I'm fading that backfield until it's like the Rams until somebody stands out or until somebody gets hurt at this point, which sucks to say, but man, it's it's a dicey game to play with with those two backs. It is. And and that's something that, you know, a lot of people are dude, it's crazy how many people should I start Chase Edmonds or should I start this person? I'm like, did you not see Chase Edmonds last week? Like it just Leave him on your bench. Don't drop him. Don't don't yeah. write him off just yet. But certainly not a start candidate at the moment because of his usage and, and the usage of Raheem Mostert. So it's tough. And it breaks my heart because I was a big Edmonds believer, but he is uh, shit in the bed yeah, so far. I, He's done I now. threw you under the bus last episode, Yeti. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, but I came to you solemnly hat in hand for advice as to whether or not to play Chase Edmonds over Drake London and my flex and you enthusiastically told me yeah. Chase Edmonds, uh, which was disappointing. I still pulled out the win, so I wasn't upset with you. But I, I was. See, disappointed. You're welcome. Yeah, but if, I, I helped you with that. If win. he didn't pull out the win, he he would be at your door with a knife right now. He told me that. He said that on air. That's fine. I, I but with like also I'm a ready. cake and like a sad crying thing, and he just wants you to share in eating his sad cake. Mm. He wasn't gonna hurt you. It sounds like a romantic date night. Mm. Mm. All right, mm. <laughs> this is your last right. set of the week. Uh, I got two more sets, oh, yeah, I'm buddy. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I forgot I started. Come on. Come my bad. On, man. My bad. Um, this is my second set of the week is AJ Dillon. This might come as a shock to people, um, but I don't like AJ Dillon's matchup versus Tampa Bay. Um, AJ Dillon has split time with Aaron Jones pretty evenly so far this season, uh, even out carrying uh, Aaron Jones uh, 28 to 20 in, in total. Uh, Last week, Dylan had 18 carries for 61 yards, while Jones had 132 yards on 15 carries and a touchdown. Unfortunately, the Packers are not playing the Bears again this week. (laughs) Uh, Dylan and Jones will be going up against the best run defense in the league in Tampa Bay. Uh, Dylan will need to be involved in the passing game to be relevant this week, Um, but I expect Aaron Jones to handle the load this week. Um, in the passing game and in the run game. I would sit Dylan against a defense that's only given up 73 yards per game so far. That's nuts. I mean, it's awesome. I have the Bucks defense in our league of records, so I'm like, I'm really happy about it. But it's freaking nuts. Like, um, Aaron Jones, man, he did great last week. But you don't – they really didn't need to throw the ball much that game because they were so effective. Do you not see a world in which both of them are on the field and both of them are getting usability in this game due to the fact that, you know, as, as Scotty mentioned earlier in the episode, a lot, pretty much the whole wide receiver room, they're all sick with ayahuasca. So do you think that that these guys are going to be involved with the with the receiver room in, in disarray? I mean, we, we have seen that so far through two weeks where they're both on the field pretty regularly, um, where Aaron Jones is flexed out wide or he's in the slot. Um, they're moving Aaron Jones around like a wide, a wide receiver. But I think even with Aaron Jones out wide and then A.J. Dillon as a back, um, as a lead back, I just don't think there's going to be much room for Green Bay to run against that stout defense. Um, Green Bay, they, they got a key tackle back last week and Elkton Jenkins, I think is his name, uh, which is great for them, but I, they have had struggles running the ball against elite defenses and Tampa Bay is one of those defenses. So, um, 
I think Aaron Jones is still a start because of his uh, pass catching abilities, and he is more the featured receiver out of the backfield over Dylan. Um, but I, I would sit Dylan. Okay. Um, last sit for me is uh, this one. It 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 saddens me to say it is something that I didn't think we would be saying. It's DJ Moore. I was super. I think we all were kind of excited when when Baker Mayfield was signed over to the Panthers in large part due to the fact that DJ Moore was finally going to have a good quarterback playing with him and probably the best quarterback he has played with since DJ Moore has been in the league and DJ Moore was going to be a great play. But he is he has not been a great play thus far and he's having a really rough start and and I would I don't think I'd play him this week unless I had any other options. They're playing the Saints defense, which is currently ranked the fifth defense overall right now. And the Saints do have a, a pretty damn good defense. And Baker Mayfield is not good. He has not looked good. The Panthers are, are poopy. And I think that Baker is going to struggle against the secondary. And I think that DJ Moore is going to continue to hurt for this. So I, I, I would probably bench DJ Moore this week. Yeah, and as a DJ Moore holder, it hurts to say, um, but he he hasn't lived up to expectations as far, and obviously that is due to Baker Mayfield. I think that whole offense looks like shit, mm-hmm. all, all in all, with yeah. Baker at the helm. Um, Christian McCaffrey, yes, he's you know he's still the RB one on that offense, but he's not doing anything crazy like we all expected him. To he do. hasn't he he hasn't performed either like the CMC of of years past. Granted, it's been. T- two years but he hasn't done he hasn't put the same output as the old cmc that that has been the true cmc we've known not that he's a bad play but he hasn't he hasn't garnered like 35 points as a running back like he used to right which (laughs) you know you put it into the and you say it out loud and it's like holy shit 35 points a game like that's what we expect out of Christian McCaffrey but it, it it's true you know we're, we're used to seeing those crazy stat lines from him where he has 40 35 40 point games you know 100 plus total yards two touchdowns and we haven't seen that yet mm-hmm. um but what i found pretty crazy is that carolina ranks 30th in plays right now 29th in pass attempts and 30th in pass yards like Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There's just not a lot of volume in that offense right now. No. So it's it's so tough for DJ Moore to perform um, when they're not seeing, like I said, the volume. Yeah, and <clears throat> I mean, you as a DJ Moore owner, you know, if you had like a – would you start Rashad Bateman over DJ Moore this week? Um, I don't think you have Rashad Bateman, but – I don't have Bateman. But would, I mean, mm. if you did have both these guys, would you start Bateman over more? Probably, yes. Um, they both have really tough matchups, but Bateman has proven that, I mean, he's one of those, I'm not comparing him to Tyreek, but he is one of those guys that proves that speed kills, and Bateman has burned every secondary he's played so far. Um, so I would play Bateman over DJ Moore just because the volume's not there right now. Um, even when uh, Carolina is throwing the ball, um, Baker is looking at Robbie Anderson too, which mm-hmm. leaves me like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like DJ Moore is a good wide receiver. Why are you not looking his yeah, way? Well, I, the other thing too is that when Robbie Anderson first came into the league, you saw him with DJ Moore and you saw him overtake DJ Moore for the first few weeks. And that slowly corrected over the course of the season. We have to remember here not to, I, I'm, I'm not normally the, uh, the source of positivity, 
But in this case, I will be that it's that disgusting. Baker Mayfield showed up in this offense late in the offseason. He has not had a lot of time to put this team together. I think they're going to get better over time. And as a result, DJ Moore is going to return to that, you know, mid-tier to top-tier wide receiver two status that we expect him to be. Um, if you're a DJ Moore holder, I'm not panicking on him just yet. I think he is going to move in the right direction. Uh, we've seen, even with lackluster quarterback play throughout his career, he always holds steady at that wide receiver two spot. Uh, and I think that he's going to get back to that position. I don't think he's going to be a league winner. Um, but I'm also not fading him off my roster by any means. You know, it, it starts and sits depending on matchup, I understand. But over the course of the season, I am not I'm not panicking on him just yet. Okay. Yeah. And as a DJ Moore owner, I, I kind of echo those sent sentiments because I think Matt Rule is gonna get fired. The head coach for he Carolina. Should. I think he gets he fired uh before the season ends. I think like halfway through the season he's gone. I- um and with him doing all the play calling, it, it just looks terrible out there. <laughs> but for DJ Moore, he's run a route on every single pass snap, and that's great for him, right? And he has a 21% target share in that offense, which is great. That'd be great on any offense. Um, so I'm not panicking yet. I know you know it's going to take some time, but if I need to bench him until he goes off, you know I'm comfortable doing that because I have the luxury of three other good wide receivers that I can play. But um, I, DJ Moore is a buy low guy if if you're looking. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I don't hate that. I would not start him this week. He He's he's officially entered the need to prove it to me territory before I can, I can put him back into a lineup, and that's kind of where I view him at. Would you rather start Brandon Cooks this week or DJ Moore? Brandon Cooks. Okay. Um, let's... let's Let's just assume Jerry Judy's healthy and plays this week with Cortland Sutton. Would you play Judy or uh, DJ Moore? DJ Moore. I don't like uh, Judy's matchup. Okay. Versus the 49ers. Okay. Um, let's do one more. Would you play Scary Terry or DJ Moore? Mm. Who do, does Washington play? They play... Um, they play the Eagles. Ooh, God, I don't know. That's a toss up. I, um, I'm going to say scary Terry just because there's more passing volume in that offense right now. Scary Terry's not seeing a hell of a lot of targets or, you know, receptions right now, but, um, <laughs> Washington isn't 30th in plays or 29th in passing attempts right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, give me scary. That's Terry. a good comparison to make though. Cause I, I see DJ Moore and scary Terry in similar situations where they they're sort of at the worst case scenario right now. And they're both going to trend in the upward direction as the season progresses. Well, as somebody who owns Curtis Samuel on our legal record, I certainly hope not. Um, Yeti, give us your last sit of the week. Yeah, so we're talking about two questionable wide receivers right now. Why not add a third in Amari Cooper? Ooh, um, I, 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 I'm sorry. I almost asked that. I was going to say, would you? Let's just ask it. Would you rather start if you had to choose? And I'm, I'm so glad you picked this as your last guy. Would you rather start Amari <laughs> Cooper or DJ Moore? Because I almost asked this when we did it, and I decided you, to pivot. You fucker. <laughs> um, God. Um, they're so similar i don't i don't trust either offense but if i had to go one it'd probably be mm, dj Moore. 
Okay. I got to <laughs> go DJ more. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Can, um, tell us why you're sitting there. I'm sorry. All I want to want to tell the listeners is do not chase the success that Cooper had last week versus the fucking Jets. <laughs> um, Cooper had nine catches, 101 receiving yards, and one touchdown last week. I think it's pretty crazy to say, but uh, Cleveland wide receivers saw a total of 12 targets last week. 12. In total? Um, yeah, in total. Oh, my God. I knew it Cooper wasn't great. Had, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, guess how many Cooper had? Do we have nine? He had 10 targets. <laughs> so only two other wide receivers saw a target on that offense oh last God. week. And this is a complete flip from week one as uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He had 11 targets in week one. And Amari Cooper only had six. Um, but last week they also involved the tight ends a shit ton and they had nine total targets. But what I'm trying to get at with all these targets is this offense is fucking unpredictable with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. Um, I cannot trust anybody on that offense. And I, I have stated Cooper's a sit, uh, before. Um, and I just want to reiterate the fact that he is a sit going forward until, um, Watson comes back because you just don't know what to expect with that offense. Plus, um, I think it's worth mentioning. I almost put just sit the Cleveland and Pittsburgh wide receivers because they're supposed to see a shit ton of wind in that game tomorrow or tonight. Um, the, the wind is supposed to gust up to 35 miles per hour. So I see both teams running the shit out of the ball. Yeah. What's Um, a little wind? Yeah. I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah, no, but, I, I like that pick a lot. I and it was I, I just about said DJ Moore or or uh, Amari Cooper. So I'm glad you put him on the list. And that you're 100 percent right. Like the only thing that I trust in that Browns offense is really Nick Chubb. And and you know if you need an RB two and you're you're hurting for somebody potentially Kareem Hunt. But beyond that, like that offense until Deshaun Watson gets there, it's just a it's disgusting. So oh, and to answer like to that. answer that question, uh, wind is the movement of air caused by the uneven heating of the earth by the sun, in case you were wondering. Thank I appreciate you clearing that up. I was I Bravo, I, Scotty. Yeah. I, I producer uh, of the year. You yeah. Scotty, big shout out to you, man. Thank you. Um okay, we're gonna move on to our D Gen, our our dirty, nasty D Gen picks of the week. D Gen picks of the week. All right, so uh, we're going to go with our sleeper uh, player prop bets. They are already up and on the sleeper app. So if you're a sleeper owner, you want to go get in on the D-Gen juices with us. We have uh, we picked a three-leg uh, player prop parlay. So the person that I've chosen this week, um, it comes as probably no surprise, is Garrett Wilson. He was my start of the week. Currently, he's slated for uh, 47 and a half, on, and I took the over on that. He's done it in every single game he's played. Granted, he is, uh, I mean, you want to talk about who they've played. It's been the Ravens and the Browns. They're going to play the Bengals this week. I, I think Wilson's not a bad play. He's he's done it before. I think they're going to be playing down, and the Jets are airing the ball out more than any other team right now, so I like that pick for me. And then you two can explain yours. I don't, I don't need to explain it for you. Oh, I was really hoping you'd explain mine for me, but I guess I'll do it. Um, I'm taking the over on Mr. Cooper Cup. Uh, right now he's slated at uh, 0.5 touchdowns, so basically you're betting that he will get a touchdown. 
Um, I think the matchup against the Cardinals is an interesting one because the Cardinals have not looked good. Uh, but we all know the potential that their offense has. I think that you're going to see uh, some scores in this game, and I think if you're betting on scores in a game with Cooper Cup, you got to bet on Cooper Cup. And my pick uh, is Brandon Cooks, over 60.5 receiving yards. Um, I, I saw this line, and I was kind of like, whoa, really? Only 60.5 versus Chicago. Uh, Chicago is one of the worst secondaries in the league right now. Um, and Cooks, um, in, in the first game, he had 82 receiving yards. Second game, he against Denver, who is one has one of the best secondaries in the league, he put up 54 yards. But I, I watched that game, and he had three drops that could have easily added like 30 yards onto his receiving um, yards. So I think this is a good bounce back week for Brandon Cooks. Uh, he's going to see his 10 targets. Now it's just a matter of reeling those fucking targets in and getting uh, 61 yards for us, which I, I like him to do versus a leaky uh, secondary. I can't believe that uh, the Bears are favored to win that game. I really think the Texans are going to pull that one out, um, which I guess leads me into my parlay. So uh, first I have the Giants versus the Cowboys. I'm taking the Giants money line on that one. The Giants are the favorite against the Cowboys at minus 118. And then I am going to, this is a three-leg parlay, by the way. Um, next game I'm taking is the Seahawks versus the Falcons. I think the Seahawks are bad, but I think the Falcons are also bad. Um this one's kind of a who's batter who's batter <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take I, I took the seahawks in this one because i i think that um i think they're gonna i mean the seahawks have a more formidable offense i i truly think um and and for that reason i think i'm gonna take the seahawks the seahawks are the favorite against the falcons at minus 130 and then the last one is the texans versus the bears i have the texans winning this game although the bears are favored it's plus 123 for the texans bringing the total to plus 630 so $10 will net win you $63 and 2 cents. So that's slap dogs parlay of the week. Play it, win some money, play it, lose some money. So far we're, we're I have none of our parlays have hit, but I'm I'm optimistic <laughs> on this one. I I'm probably optimistic every week. This is going to hit this week. It's going to hit. I I, yep. I some of my other player props hit last week. It was a good time for old slap dog. Yeah. My uh, parlay for this week is a three-leg parlay as well. Uh, I am going with the Saints money line over the Panthers. I fucking hate Carolina's offense. And until they can figure something out on offense, I, I have to fade them. Uh, the Saints defense is legit, and I, I don't think they'll have any issues shutting down Carolina and Baker Mayfield. Um, I took Steelers plus four and a half points versus the Browns. Um, this is interesting, and I feel disgusting with this pick, but I think something's got to give. I, I said um, in our segment earlier that um, the wind is going to play a factor in this game, and therefore I think it's going to be low scoring. I think we're going to see a lot of running. <clears throat> it's a Thursday night divisional game. Uh, with a lot at stake, I think, for, for Pittsburgh and Cleveland, especially coming off that terrible loss against the Jets. I think the Steelers, are, their defense can keep them in the game, and I could legit see like a 13-10 type of game. So I could see the Steelers keeping it close and losing by less than 4.5. 
Um, so I'm rolling with them. And then I'm also getting a little frisky here. Like I'm going, one. yeah, the Broncos plus 100 to win straight up versus the 49ers. This is a Sunday night game. Uh, the 49ers come or go to Denver. Um, and I like Russ to get back on track against an old divisional foe on the 49ers. Um, if this is a week for, for that offense to start clicking, I think it's this week. Um, because like I said, Russ knows how to beat the 49ers. He's had a lot of success against the 49ers. And I think with Jimmy G at the helm now, that team is a, a little more gettable uh, than they would be with Trey Lance because they're not as, uh, or they are more predictable with Jimmy G at the helm. Um, and I like the Broncos defense. So give me the Broncos to win that game. Uh, you parlay those three games. Um Plus you get odds of five twenty-three. So put ten bucks down, and you win fifty-two dollars and thirty cents. Yep. And we have to uh, take a moment here to acknowledge that this is not financial advice. We are not financial advisors. We are simply telling you our bets, and you should gamble responsibly. And of course, if you have an issue, what is that website or what is that phone number, Hunter? It's a one eight hundred gambler. So if you have any sort of gambling issues, please give them a call. They are a wonderful and free tool for anybody that has gambling issues. We're not financial advisors. We're just DJs who like doing this and giving some advice. So understand that. I do have a question, Yeti. If a team, <clears throat> excuse me, if a team ties, do they cover the spread? Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. So that if the thing. Steelers and the Browns do tie tonight. Uh, that, that covers a spread because technically they didn't lose. Okay, gotcha. Um, no, I like that Broncos pick a lot. I think, I mean, <clears throat> there's there's a lot of speculation about Russell Wilson right now. A, a lot of speculation in the Brainiac community. Do I bench Russ? Do I drop him? Do I go get Carson Wentz and play him over Russ? Mm. I don't hate that play. But I wouldn't get rid of Russ because I think they're going to figure it out. But... Let, let Russ eat, baby. He's yeah, going to upgrade eat. from ramen eventually, right? But I think I, I would be comfortable with you letting him eat on your bench this week. If uh, it, I wouldn't drop him if you have the bench depth to do so. Because And, and we kind of touched on this a little bit last episode. But I really do think that they're, they, they're going to figure it out. Nathaniel Hackett and, and Russ are going to figure it out. They haven't looked great yet. But it's Russell Wilson. I think that they're, they're, they have to figure it out. So... I am comfortable with you playing Carson Wentz this week against the Eagles. I think that's okay to do given how, you know his production thus far and how the Eagles kind of let a shootout happen with the Lions. Granted, I know the Eagles shut down the Vikings this last week. I would feel comfortable with you starting Carson Wentz over Russ and uh, if you wanted to do so. So I just want to point that out. But I do like that. I think this could be a good week for the Broncos to finally get right and it be a get-right game for them. You're shaking your head, Scotty. Do you disagree? No, it's just disgusting. I just, I, I, I can't help but think these conversations that we have, if we were to have them in the offseason or in the preseason prior to any football <laughs> being played, and you advising to play Carson Wentz over Russ, I just, it just makes me want to throw up. I know. And it's, it doesn't feel good to say. It's not like I'm, I like, I'm gloating about it and I'm happy because I'm not because I, I, you know, it should be Russ, but he, Russ really hasn't done great. So um, put him on your bench. Let him eat. Let him eat on your bench. Let him earn his spot back on your starting roster. But let's see how this progresses. It's only week two or moving into week three rather. And uh, and I, I don't want to write him off just yet. So, uh, OK, let's move on to our Brainiac questions. 
Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Alright, first question comes from Lord Treat, who is automatically banned from the show for using the word treat. Uh, that word is terrible. Um, okay, his question is, he is in a 12-team full PPR redraft league, and this is the trade. Which side are you taking? Zeke and Johan Dotson or Rashad Bateman Hunter? Man, why are you going to start with me on this one? I was really hoping that you were going to start with Yeti. Um... I like those glasses, by the way, Slaps. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think I want to say Zeke and Jahan Dodson because right now, oh, Yeti's getting his, yeah, no, it's a good time to get glasses on Yeti. We got to get sophisticated. We got to get smart. We got to give him good advice. Love your glasses too. Are we, we're matching. Scotty bringing out his glasses. Let's go. Oh, oh the deep shit. Shades. Oh <laughs> man. Things are getting serious over this is, here. I love yeah, brains. This is insane. Um, okay. So, oh, man. I don't like Zeke. I never liked Zeke. I did not like Zeke in the offseason. I was somewhat vocal about that. Okay, but what did he do to you? What did he do to me? <laughs> Nothing, but he hasn't done it. Did anything. he hurt your feelings? He hasn't done shit. And okay. I was I was skeptical about him this year. Yeah, he's seeing a lot of attempts. He truthfully he is. I mean, first game he saw 10 attempts, second game he saw 15 attempts, and he's seen two targets in both those games, but he he hasn't done much with the the work he's getting as we mentioned his o-line is old they're not great and that's probably playing a pretty big part of it. And, oh yeah i f- totally forgot their starting quarterback is out so uh, there's there's a lot going on there zeke does not excite me tony pollard also is not tony pollard's probably more usable because he's in he's used more in the passing game or has been thus far um but zeke does not excite me zeke didn't excite me and and I think that sticks for me. And then there's Jahan Dotson, who is is having himself a, a decent start, but I don't like his target share. He's behind both Scary Terry and Curtis Samuel at the moment. Yes, he's gotten three touchdowns, which has made him extremely irrelevant, or extremely relevant, rather, in the first two weeks. But uh, targets equal opportunities, and if he's not getting as many opportunities as other players, that's a problem. So I think, it, this is crazy to say, but I think I'm going to keep Bateman. I think I would keep Bateman on this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think Zeke can only go up from here, but I I just don't trust that offense as a whole, even when Dak does come back, because their offensive line looks terrible through two games. Um, but I, I want to ask, do you, would you rather take, like, I don't know, like Josh Jacobs maybe for Bateman straight up or, like, Clyde for Bateman straight up? Like, do you think those are close? Um. I like those more for sure. Um, if I had to choose, I don't know. It, it, the, here's the problem for me is I have written Clyde off already so many times. And like anytime I just hear the word Clyde Edwards Delaire, I'm just like, get my stamp out. I'm like, nope. Um, so that's that's how I kind of view Clyde. I I think I'd rather have Josh Jacobs over Clyde. Um, but like if you could, and I don't think you're going to be able to, but like turn that into a James Robinson, I would love that. Um, and that would be me. And I think this would be the week to maybe sell Bateman high. If you are looking to sell him, um, and upgrade for a James, like a James Robinson, I think that would be a good straight up trade, honestly. 
Yeah, if you could get the problem is, I mean, James Robinson also has been doing very well, and so James Robinson owners probably aren't you know dead set on selling him. But I would like that if if I could trade James Robinson for uh, Bateman straight up, I would do that in a heartbeat. All right, we'll move on then to uh, N. Gillum ten. What do you think? Should he drop Russ Wilson for Tua Yeti? I don't, you can't drop Russ. Um, while Tua is the, you know, the sexy, attractive ad after his last week, um, I, Russ is very capable of doing that himself, uh, given the matchup, right? Um, if you drop Russ, he's going to be picked up right away by somebody. I can guarantee you that. So if you want to get rid of Russ, maybe try to trade him for, you know, for some bench depth, but. Um, you can't drop Russ. Don't overreact for the for the first couple of weeks. It's going to take him some time to get used to that offense, and then Hackett's got to figure out how to fucking play calls. But I do think the Broncos figure it out. Um, now, like I said, two is a sexy, attractive ad, but you you got to write out Russ, in my opinion. No, I, I I agree with that. If you have the bench depth to do both, I wouldn't hate grabbing Tua. The problem is, is I mean, playing Tua this week is not appealing because he's playing you know he he had a great week last week but he's also playing the bills and i don't know if our brainiacs have watched the bills play but it is one of the most dominant and sad things i've seen for any other team that has to play the bills thus far it is it is disgusting what the bills are doing right now it's going to be an interesting game for the dolphins i think because the dolphins have looked pretty damn good tua has looked pretty good it's it's crazy what happens when you get two elite wide receivers in one room with a mediocre quarterback and how he just blossoms into a stud. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I would I I mean I had Trey Lance in our our league of record and I picked up Tua because I needed a quarterback. But I also benched Tua this week and I'm playing uh, a different quarterback for that reason because he's playing the Bills and that is somewhat scary. So I don't think you drop Russ if you want to add Tua. I'm fine with that, but I wouldn't drop Russ for it. And that's my answer. Solid answer. Got another question for you from Skepticy. Who wins this trade in a redraft one quarterback league? Zeke and Najee or playoff Lenny and Ertz? Matthew, who are you taking? I don't know. I plead the fifth. I hate Zeke. <laughs> and and Najee has just not done it for me. I've said it since the, since the preseason. Um, the only thing keeping him afloat is the volume. He is the most or one of the most inefficient running backs in the league. Playoff Lenny, on the other hand, is very efficient, but they're using the absolute shit out of him, and it just seems like That's only right. a matter of time before he has to miss some time. And Zach Ertz is fine. I, uh, I'm not overly excited about him. I think I probably am taking the Zeke and Najee side pretty much just for Najee just because of the volume, um, but I am not excited about this uh, either way. Okay. Yeti, do you take the Zeke and Nadi side or the Lenny and Ertz side? No, 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 no. It's your turn, buddy. Is it? I'm taking Lenny yeah. and Ertz, to be completely honest. I, uh, I I like the usage that Lenny is getting. It's uh, absurd. Zach Ertz is turning out to be quite a, a decent tight end, so I don't know what you currently have, Skep- Skeptici or whatever this name is. Um, but I, I like Ertz. Ertz is, is not a bad play whatsoever. I don't like Zeke. I don't trust Zeke. We just talked about Zeke, not but a question and a half ago. Um, and Najee, I don't like Najee either. I really don't. Najee has been very inefficient. He is not somebody that I think you can count on consistently. I'm going to eat some crow 
I'm a, I'm gonna eat a lot of crow. Okay. Be prepared, gentlemen. Get get the knife out. Get me a bib. Mitch Trubisky's not it. <laughs> Fuck. He's not it. He's not it. Oh! Oh, I was so freaking hyped, but he's oh, not man. it. He's not. He's not. Doing you think? Great. You think he's we're gonna see? Titties, you think though. we're gonna see Pickett this week? I don't think this week. No, I. I think that it's still gonna be Mitch for a little bit longer. I think there is. After watching him the first couple two games, rather, there's an argument that that they might just be done with it. But I don't know. I could see Mike Tomlin is not like a. He's not one of those coaches that's just gonna quit and give up. That that's not who he is. So. I think we see Mitch for the foreseeable future, but Najee just isn't great, man. Yeah, he got 15 touches on the ground last week, and he got six receptions. He didn't do anything with them, any of it. You you know how many yards he finished with on six catches? He finished with 40 yards. He had 15 rushing attempts. And, Scotty, I know you probably know better than everyone else because you're a Najee non-believer, and rightly so. Najee had 15 touches for 49 yards in total. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Is that the Steelers' offensive line? There's probably an argument to be made there. Is that also Najee's inefficiency to drive with his legs and get more than 3.27 yards a carry? Yes. So I don't like either of those options at this current juncture. And playoff Lenny is very clear that above both these running backs. And then you get a decent tight end. So that that's where I lean on this one. But Yeti, why don't you tell us your your vote? Well, real, real quick before Yeti goes, I do want to uh, – <sighs> yeah, you settle down over there, guy. Um, I, I do want to clear up my Najee non-believerness because I don't think it's Najee. I really don't. I think it's the offensive line that, that limits him. I think Najee is a good running back. Um, and they clearly believe that because of the volume that he consistently sees. And the other thing too, that we have to remember is that when we're looking at, uh, you know, productivity on the field, touchdowns are very difficult to predict. Um, and the most important thing for any offensive player is involvement in the offense. And Najee has that. So I think that there are a lot of games where he's going to go off. I simply, I, I rejected the idea that we needed to draft him as early as people were drafting him. I don't think that his efficiency numbers uh, warrant that, but I'm still not upset with having Najee on, on my team. You know, he's going to be seeing 15 to 20 ca- or 20 uh, touches a game. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's not something I'm ever going to be upset about. Yeah, and I, I think you got to go playoff Lenny and Ertz on this side because playoff Lenny, he is second out of all running backs with an opportunity share of 25.5%. Um, he's seen 45 rushes and four targets or four receptions thus far, which is way better than Najee at 16.5% uh, opportunity share. And then Zeke is at 14.5%. Um, I think playoff Lenny is on a obviously a better team. And I, while the Buccaneers line is kind of suspect right now, I think I trust them to figure it out more than Pittsburgh's or Dallas's at this point. Um, and then Zach Ertz, he leads all tight ends with three red zone targets. Um, so he's getting clear looks for, for touchdowns with uh, Kyler Murray. Um, and he also has a 19 or 18% target share in that offense. So I, I lean the side of playoff Lenny and Ertz to give you a solid tight end one every week and then a solid RB one every week instead of having a guess with Najee and Zeke. What's kind of crazy is like we wrote like we were off on these guys all offseason. Like really, truly, I, I I know I was and I think kind of collectively like that was something that we were with is 
writing these guys off. What's crazy is that these are like a first and second round pick, and we're like, hey, would you trade both these guys for <laughs> a late, you know, a later round pick for a tight end and a third round pick and a running back? But that's where we're at. Like these guys aren't performing like you need them to. So it's while it it at first glance, like if if I saw this in the offseason, I'd be like, really? But then I also am like, man, I was kind of off on these guys in the offseason as well for the reasons that we're kind of stating right now. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we were pretty spot on in the preseason with our dislike for Zeke and Najee. Um, so pat ourselves on the backs, yeah, boys. That I think good, that was, man. Yeah. It does mm, feel good. Yes. All right, next question comes from 901 Titans. What do you do with Cole Komet? This is a perfect question for you, Mr. Yeti. Are you dropping him for Logan Thomas? Are you dropping him for Tyler Conklin? Are you holding him? What are your thoughts? Nine one t- Titans, come sit down with me. Let's have a talk. <laughs> I too was in your situation, but there is a way out. There, there are better days ahead of you. You just got to see the light, and you have to let Cole Komet go. If he really loved you, he would come back. But I think the time is now to get rid of him. If you're dropping him, I think you go. If Higby's available, which I really doubt he is. Oh, thanks. Thanks, guys. Yes, that's beautiful. Uh, But if Tyler Higby is available, I go Tyler Higby. Um, If not, Logan Thomas is interesting. Um, Let me pull up some numbers here on Logan Thomas. Um, he's seen a 12 and a half percent target share in that offense, but he was kind of limited in week one. And I know he had a pretty productive week two, as far as targets go. Uh, Tyler Conklin has been consistent as well with his target share. Um, but I know the, he, the jets, they were without a, a tight end last week. So Con- Conklin got a little boost from that. Um, I don't mind Logan Thomas, um, if Irv Smith is available, I think I would lean him over Logan Thomas. Uh, we saw Irv Smith kind of get unleashed uh, a little bit on he Monday night good. against Philly. Yeah, I, I think if, if you're streaming guys, Irv Smith is somebody I would look at too. Uh, and then Hayden Hurst. Um, this is another guy who is uh, consistently running routes and he's consistently seeing targets on on a supposed explosive offense. So um, I would go... Higby, probably um, Hurst, Smith, and then Logan Thomas in order of tight ends. But get rid of Cole Komet as fast as you can. Yeah, it, between Logan Thomas and Tyler Conklin, I think I'm going to – I'm personally – I yes, I agree with everything you said. If those guys are available, grab them. But based on the list that 901 Titans has given us, I'm going Tyler Conklin. I, I think 901 Titans, unfortunately, where you're at is in the – you're kind of in the stream category of tight ends now and it's not a great place to be in and it's very sad it's frustrating for fantasy football but i think that's the area that you found yourself in if that's the case because if you can get somebody like higby yeah no 100 he's somebody that you can you can count on somewhat consistently at least thus far but based on these two it's tyler conklin for me based solely upon how much the jets are airing the ball 
that's oppor- that's potential opportunity. And Tyler Conklin is very clearly seeing more targets right now than Logan Thomas. That's probably going to change when Zach Wilson gets back in the game. So temper expectations going forward. But as of this week, Tyler Conklin, based on those two, is the play for me. Yeah, and I'll, I'll bring in with my trademark optimism um, that uh, if you are struggling at tight end right now, uh, don't worry, because basically everybody else in your league is also struggling at tight end right now. So it's not the end of the world for you. Make the moves you have to mo- make, uh, but it's not going to cause you to lose your league when you're having to stream tight ends. So next question comes from Broski Boulevard. Hunter, who is a better flex option in week three? Jahan Dotson or Darnell Mooney? So a waiver wire guy or a rookie wide receiver? It's Jahan Dotson. I don't like Darnell Mooney. As if Broski Boulevard got to go listen to last episode. Darnell Mooney is a drop candidate for me. Darnell Mooney is not almost not worth rostering at this point. And uh, Jahan Dotson, it's that's that's who I'm going with. Right, the, the Commanders are not looking bad. Um, perhaps were the foolish ones for saying the Commanders went and got Carson Wentz, but truth be told, they're they're not looking terrible right now. Carson Wentz is playing decently well, and Jahan Dotson is, while he's not seeing as many targets as uh, Curtis Samuel and Scary Terry, he's still performing quite well. So it's Jahan Dotson for me pretty hands down. Darnell Mooney, you could almost drop, or you should drop, I think. Yep, I, I agree with you. Uh, Chicago's only thrown the ball 28 times in the past two games. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is by far the least in the NFL by a a big gap the the second um lowest is 52 pass attempts now i understand chicago they played in that monsoon game with uh san fran in week one but even uh sunday night versus the bears they weren't looking to throw the ball at all they're just no volume to go around in that offense and darnell mooney is clearly not involved in that in that at all um so if i had a pick between the two it'd be dotson and then i would say you can drop mooney yeah, let somebody it, else deal with that problem. Yeah, hundred percent. And that was I, that was exactly what I echoed. I do want to say this: Darnell Mooney has seen in two games the same amount of targets in total that Jahan Dotson has seen in one game. That's a problem. Mm. I think that's your answer right there. Well, and for uh, Bears fans everywhere, you have to be annoyed because Justin Fields seems like he possesses the potential skill set of someone like, I don't know, Jalen Hurts. If they just use him, if they let him run around, they let him throw the ball, they let him run the ball, but they they don't. They have no interest in using Justin Fields, and then they blame him when they suck, uh, which is depressing for Bears fans. So sorry. I don't, I don't, I, here's, here's my thing with the Bears fans or Bears in general. I don't want to blame, uh, I don't want to blame Justin Fields. I really don't because I feel like he is going to be the scapegoat for the Bears' problems. Matt Nagy, not great. And then I, it must be a Matt thing because then they go get Matt Eberflus. You watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> I said that on purpose. Those fucking um, Matts. Those Matt guys. Matt Eberflus is not doing – he's not too great as a coach. And they did nothing to help Justin Fields in the offseason. I mean, that's case in point. The Allen Robinson, they did not keep. He was on a franchise franchise tag. We knew he wasn't going to stay there. Their replacements for Allen Robinson, who at one point in time was a wide receiver one as far as fantasy football and and, and stats, they, they kept Darnell Mooney, who is their wide receiver one in that offense, and then they went and got Byron Pringle. That's... Uh, what are you what are you supposed to do with that 
And then, oh yeah, they got um, Equinemia St. Brown, who does not look like his brother at the moment, and Velas Jones. Like th- this, they did nothing to help him. So how are they supposed to succeed when they have nobody to help get the ball down the field? I don't want to blame Justin Fields. Realistically, I want to blame the coaching and and the business side of this program for allowing this to happen because I I, I don't want to blame Fields. He is he's not a bad player. He just it's bad coaching in my eyes. Yeah. And also, I'm curious to know, despite our intro, how many people actually know my name is Matt? I don't think you guys have ever called me that on the podcast. We weren't talking to you. Yeah, I was. I we're was, talking to the guy in the back. Oh, yeah. That's spooky to me because I'm in the basement. Don't talk about a guy behind me. All right. Anyway, it's your favorite thing. Next, <laughs> next question <laughs> uh, from Perfected with a PH because he's sophisticated. Which side are you taking in this trade, Yeti, Jamar Chase, or T. Higgins and Deontay Johnson? Oh boy. Um, this is tough because if you only have one good wide receiver, I lean the T Higgins and Deontay Johnson side, but I, I pulled up a stat and I think it's fascinating, uh, for the, for the point of this conversation or this trade that we're, we're going to discuss, uh, T Higgins and Jamar chase have run 483 routes together. Here are their splits, uh, when they, when they're on the field together, T Higgins has 110 targets. Jamar Chase has 95. T. Higgins has 1,322 air yards. Jamar Chase has 1,216 air yards. PPR points between the two. T. Higgins leads 219 versus Jamar Chase's 213. So what I'm saying is Higgins is he's outproducing Chase. Chase. Yes, he is outperforming Chase. And then you have the ability to add Deontay Johnson. And while he's not on a sexy offense by any means, his volume is very attractive. Um, he has a 31.4% target share on that offense. And it can only get better because we know Mitch is going to get benched eventually, um, whether it be this game or next game. And we don't we don't know if Pickett's going to be better. We would assume so, right? Um, but I, I don't think Johnson's value is going to go down any when a rookie quarterback comes in because Deontay Johnson, he's an elite wide receiver that can get open. And rookie, rookie quarterbacks are going to look for guys like that obviously early and often. So I would lean Higgins and Johnson if you need the wide receiver depth. I I actually, I 100% agree with that. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to talk about the same thing. And I'm like, man, they are almost like a, Jamar Chase is the hype guy, like the hype man for that team. And like, oh, Jamar Chase, he's the best, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's good. But like Higgins and him are very parallel in their performances for that team. So um, I agree completely. If you need the depth, I would go Higgins and Johnson. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I also would say the exact same thing. And if you're the one trading away Jamar Chase, good good for you because you can you can capitalize right now on the name recognition of Jamar Chase. We have to look back to last year as a Jamar Chase owner last year in his breakout rookie season. Um, you have to recognize that Jamar Chase was as good as he was on a lot of kind of fluke plays where he was getting the ball uh, on 30 yard bombs downfield where he was getting, you know, 40, 30, 40 yard touchdowns. 
Um, and that's why he was so productive. It's it, there were there were plenty of weeks where he was lackluster in that position. But overall, as the season is concerned, um, he was scoring long touchdowns. And that is kind of up in the air as to whether or not that can continue for his career. So T Higgins is seeing the same volume. He's a lot cheaper. And if you're able to put another uh, wide receiver one on a lackluster offense, but uh, but still a wide receiver one on your team, then, yeah, that's a no brainer for me. I'm I'm doing that 10 times out of 10. Um, Did it feel good for you having Jamar Chase like as a late round pick that just blossomed? Um, it felt good. I will say we transitioned to a keeper league this year, but I was not given the opportunity to keep Mr. Jamar Chase in my as my 14th round pick or whatever it was last year, which is disappointing. But I'll survive. no, I was I, and I so we, this is a little side note that none of the brainiacs care about. But we we had allowed, you know, I'm the commissioner of the league and, and all things making fair. I let everybody vote because we did transition. So before we drafted, do we want to use last year's roster for our keeper league? And I looked and I voted yes. Cause I had some late round guys that were going to be incredible. And I think you were the only other person. And I looked and I was like, Oh yeah, he drafted Jamar chase. Really? Of course. Yeah, no. And I, so I initially sense. said no to that because I am, a, I was against moving to a keeper league. Um, and so I didn't want to do it at all. So when you said, well, do you want to use last year's roster? I was like, no, like if we're going to do it, let's start from scratch. But then I took a second look and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I should probably say yes. To I've this got question. a first round wide receiver <laughs> in the 12th round. Of course I should do yeah, that. Yeah. All right. So last question comes from Skeeter nine, three, one, three. Uh, this one goes to the queen, Mr. Hunter. Um, oh. <laughs> Wow. Right. See, Skeeter is in a redraft Superflex PPR league. Take are you Skeeter. taking? Are you taking? This is important. Miles Sanders or AJ Dillon? Man, man, man. I don't know, Skeeter. I really don't. It, it, right now, I think it's got to be Miles Sanders. I think that that. Now, if you would have asked me in preseason, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind it's AJ Dillon. But the Eagles right now are actually utilizing Miles Sanders. They didn't last year. Like it it was very frustrating. Miles Sanders was hit and miss last year, and then he had some injury issue. Um <clears throat> he was mostly missed last year, but uh this year he's he's starting off really, really well. They played the Lions, he had 13 attempts, then he played um the Vikings, he had 17 attempts. The Eagles are actually using him in the run game, which is really great to see. Jalen Hurts last year was the RB1. He's still making a statement that he could be, but they're actually using Miles Sanders in the run game, which is so refreshing to see because he looked, even last year when he was on the field, he looked explosive. He looked like a good running back. They just weren't using him. I think right now it's Miles Sanders for me, but he has had some injury history in the past. We can't we can't count on injury history and we don't hope for it, but I do just want to state that And AJ Dillon, the Packers, I, I think are not great. We've seen them kind of struggle early and often already. I, I mean, against the Vikings, rather the bears, they beat the shit out of, which was of no surprise. So this is going to be a really interesting test for the Packers. I think going into the bucks this week, I'm very interested to see how AJ Dillon is utilized because I think they're going to need it. I think they are, but in a vacuum right now, based on the performances that the Eagles offense is having, I think it's Miles Sanders for me. But I do have concern as well because there's Kenneth Gainwell. Are they gonna is he gonna get more involved in the passing game? So I, I do premise by stating that as well. However, that doesn't sway me enough. I think I'm gonna take Miles Sanders. 
I think it, it this is extremely close. Um, and I, I would have to lean AJ Dillon on this one, honestly. And in PPR formats, I, I have to go Dillon uh, because Miles Sanders, he gives up uh, his receptions or his third down work to Kenneth Gainwell, who is their pass catching back. And then we have Boston Scott, who's kind of vulturing touchdowns every once in a while. And then Jalen Hurts is also vulturing touchdowns too from Miles Sanders. Uh, while I love Sanders this week, I just I don't know if they'll eventually move to that committee approach, you know, with the three running backs getting a work um, often. And obviously, A.J. Dillon is he's split with Aaron Jones. But I like that A.J. Dillon is getting utilized in the in the past game, too, and not just Aaron Jones, sure. um, which is key, you know, for for this PPR format. Um, I was comparing the opportunity share between the two of them and AJ Dillon has a lead at 18 and a half percent versus Sanders 17 and a half. So not big, that big of a difference. Um, but AJ Dillon does have six red zone opportunities versus Miles Sanders too, uh, which is great for uh, AJ Dillon's touchdown numbers because obviously they're more likely to go up than Miles Sanders. So I would lean AJ Dillon. Um, I think the Packers know what they need to do, and that is utilize the shit out of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Um, so I lean A.J. Okay. I my, my Not a question necessarily, but I'm curious as your thoughts on this. Can you count on A.J. Dillon consistently, or do you believe that both him and Aaron Jones are just going to be a, kind of a coin flip for their spike weeks? I think it'll be a coin flip, but I think there's a safe floor between the two of them. Okay. Aaron Jones floor is a little, obviously more than AJ Dillon because Aaron Jones is a featured back, whereas AJ Dillon is kind of the bruiser back. Um, But with AJ Dillon getting more carries than Aaron Jones thus far, that excites me a little bit. And like I I mentioned, the red zone opportunities, that's obviously great for AJ Dillon's productivity or uh, uh, points uh, to go up down the road. Um, so I, I, I like AJ Dillon okay. to, to produce every week. Okay. That's fine. I was just curious. That is it. That's all the questions, right, Scotty? Yes, that is it. Okay. Perfect. Then that is all the time that we have. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Got some information out of it that would be useful this week. Uh, as always, we are going to, um, on Sundays, 30 minutes before kickoff on Twitter, go join us over. We're going to have a, uh, I think they call them what Twitter circles or whatever. Um, it's basically a live chat where uh, we will be talking about um, the weather. So we learned what win was today, everybody. So we'll be exploring that on Twitter circles here on Sunday, 30 minutes before kickoff. So uh, talking about uh, the weather. Twitter spaces. Spaces. Thank you, Scotty. Um, great producer work. You're just killing it today. Um, and we're going to be going over you know, some of the matchups, helping you set your lineups. If you guys have any questions or you're struggling we can kind of uh, give some advice there as far as what we think you should do for setting your lineups and just kind of uh, go over the games and pregame before kickoff. So come join us over there. It's a really good time. Twitter spaces. Go follow us at Leatherbrains, and uh, and then you can actually click this. I don't know. It's like a subscribe button, and it'll notify you when we go live. So and you can de- you can text in there, or we can even give you the ability to speak. It's a good time. Come join us, and we appreciate you listening. So um, if you enjoyed this do us a huge favor and just click subscribe or even give us five stars. If, if you don't want to do that, that would be, it would mean the world to us. So that's all the time that we have. And we are. 
coat. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leather Brains. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and YouTube, as well as following us at Leather Brains on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for specific fantasy advice, including draft advice, trade insight, starts and sits, or even if you want our thoughts on your sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.